Chapter Thirty Nine of the Cliff Climbers. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Cliff Climbers, by Thomas Maine Reed, Chapter Thirty Nine, The Eagles Escape. The first thing to be done was to look to the quality of the rope and test its strength. The ladders were already in place, just as they had been left. The rope, once proved, there would be nothing further to do but make it secure to the shank of the bear coot, ascend the cliff to the highest ledge, reached by the ladders, and then fly the bird. Should they succeed in getting the creature to go over the cliff, and by some means entangle the cord at the top, they might consider themselves free. The very thought of such a result now apparently certain once more raised their spirits to the highest pitch they did not count on being able to swarm up a piece of slender cord of nearly fifty yards in length a feat that would have baffled the most agile tar that even slung the monkey from a topgallant stay they had no thoughts of climbing the rope in that way but in another long before conceived and discussed they intended once they should be assured that the cord was secure above to make steps upon it by inserting little pieces of wood between the strands and these which they could fix at long distances one after the other would form supports upon which they might rest their feet in the ascent as we have said all this had been settled beforehand and no longer occupied their attention now wholly absorbed in contriving some way to prove the reliability of the rope upon which their lives were about to be imperiled it was not deemed sufficient to tie the rope to a tree and pull upon it with all their united strength karl and caspar thought this would be a sufficient test but osaru was of a different opinion a better plan according to the shikaris way of thinking was one which had generated in his oriental brain and which without heeding the remonstrances of the others he proceeded to make trial of taking one end of the rope with him he climbed into a tall tree and after getting some way out on a horizontal branch full fifty feet from the ground he there fastened the cord securely by his directions the young sahibs laid hold below and both together raising their feet from the ground remained for some seconds suspended in the air as the rope showed no symptoms either of stretching or breaking under the weight of both it was evident that it might under any circumstances be trusted to carry the weight of one and in this confidence the shikari descended from the tree would the eagle carry it under his right arm and the coil of rope swinging over his left Osaru now proceeded towards the place where the ladders rested against the cliff. Karl and Caspar walked close after, with Fritz following in the rear, all four moving in silence, and with a certain solemnity of look and gesture, as befitted the important business upon which they were bent. The new experiment, like the trial of the eagle's strength, did not occupy any great length of time had it proved successful our adventurers would have been longer occupied and in the end would have been seen triumphantly standing upon the summit of the cliff with fritz frisking up the snowy slope beyond 
as if he intended to chase the great Ovis Ammon upon the heaven-kissing crest of Chumulari. Ah, how different was the spectacle presented on the evening of that eventful day! A little before sunset, the three adventurers were seen slowly and sadly returning to their hut, that despised hovel, under whose homely roof they had hoped never to seek shelter again. Alas! In the now lengthened list of their unsuccessful struggles, they had once more to record a failure. Osaru, bearing the bearcoot under his arm, had climbed the ladders up to the highest ledge that could be attained. From it he had flown the eagle, freely dealing out all the cord in his possession. That was a perilous experiment for the shikari to make, and came very near proving the last act in the drama of his life. Thinking that the bearcoot would rise upward into the air, he had not thought of anything else, and as he stood balancing himself on that narrow shelf, he was but ill-prepared for what actually came to pass. Instead of soaring uppers, the eagle struck out in a horizontal direction, not changing its course till it had reached the end of its tether, and then, not changing it, nor even pausing in its flight, but with the fifty yards of rope, trailing behind it which fortunately for osaru he was himself no longer at the end of it continued on across the valley towards the cliffs on the opposite side the summit of which it would have no difficulty in attaining by following the diagonal line in which it was making that unexpected escape from the clutches of the shikari not without chagrin did karl and caspar behold the spectacle of the bear coot's departure and for a while they were under the impression that Osaru had bungled the business with which he had been entrusted. Osaru's explanations, however, were soon after received and proved satisfactory. It was evident from these that had he not let go in the right time, he would have been compelled to make a leap that would have left him no opportunity for explaining the nature of the eagle's escape. End of chapter 39